listening to the Northside Christian Church Sermon Podcast. These teachings are recorded at our weekly Sunday morning gatherings in Springfield, Missouri. For more about our church, service times, and how to connect, visit northsidechristianchurch.net. Well, Northside, there is no doubt as we enter into this eighth week of this sermon series, Do What Jesus Did, that this series has been challenging us, right? It's been stretching us. It's been opening our eyes to some things that Jesus did that we want to be a part of. It's been growing us. I know with a number of you, it's resonating with you big time. And it is my hope. It is my hope that you have been joining what others are doing in abiding with Jesus, spending time with Jesus, being obedient to Jesus, doing what Jesus did. Because as you do, uh, I really believe you're going to be filled with the joy that we see in the disciples in Luke chapter 10, which we talked about last week, that Alan Tiger, our college life minister, walked us through. So great. I mean, such a powerful sermon. As he talked about what it looks like when we do what Jesus did and enter into the harvest field and be obedient to him. And here these disciples were, these followers of Jesus, they were just filled with joy. So much. They returned with joy, the text says, because they went into the harvest field, just did what Jesus said to do. And they were telling Jesus, we saw the kingdom advance. We, we, we saw the power of Satan diminishing. I mean, joy was filling him. And that is what I long for you as well, that you would experience the joy that comes when you just do what Jesus did. And so that's my prayer today. I'm hoping that for you. And what I want to do uh, is just say, first of all, if you've missed any of these sermons, a lot of our sermons don't build one on the next necessarily. This series does. And so here we are in our eighth week. And if you missed any of this, uh, I want to encourage you to go to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube. Just search Northside Christian. We're Northside Christian. And just find our YouTube channel. And just start watching what we've been talking about through these eight weeks. Maybe you're new with us for the first time. I want to encourage you to do that. And that will get you right where we are in the heart of this. Uh, The first thing I want to do, I I want us to look back really quick. At last Sunday, when Alan Tiger spoke to us and just remind us of a few things that he said, and then uh, have someone that's going to come share a story with you. But Alan told us last week, as we talked, he just reminded us of our mission as a church, which is to connect people to Christ and to one another by making disciple makers. That's our mission. And our vision is to multiply self-initiating reproducing fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's what we're about. That's what we want to do. And, and our strategy to do it is just to follow the footsteps of Jesus to the lost and the broken and to do what he did, which his pathway to do what he did. This graphic just pictures that. It's called the, the four fields. This is what we want to have in our mind as to every time we walk out of here, this is what we got on our mind is that, that we will, first of all, enter the harvest field. We, we will enter into the harvest field. It's his harvest field. We're to enter into it. And then we will share the gospel. We will share the gospel. And then we will make disciples. We will make disciples. And then we will help form Acts 2 churches. We're going to help form churches. And then we're going to raise up leaders so that others are doing this as well. This is what the heartbeat of our church is. It's what we want to be the heartbeat of each and every one of us. It's, it's the pathway to do it. And last week, Alan really focused on entering the harvest field, that, that we would go and enter. We'd cross the street and go, we go to our friends, we go to our neighbors and 
We would pray with them. We would share the good news with them. And so I'd like to invite Luke Rhodes to come up here. Luke and his wife, Crystal, they've been coming to Northside for about two years. They got three kids, ages 14, 12, and seven. And uh, last week or Sunday, on Sunday night, Luke and I were talking and he was just telling me, about, I was like, hey, what were you doing? Today? He was telling us, telling us about his afternoon, what he did that afternoon. I was just like, Luke, I want you to share just what you did in the afternoon in light of the things we've been talking about. So, well, first off, the reason I shared was because I'm terrible at it and, and I need help with it is uh, being bold and, and going and, um, yeah, I, I don't want to be a bother. So I'm like, ah, they, you know. So after Alan's uh, sermon last week, you know, I thought about the biker and how many people didn't bother to. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a few weeks ago, I downloaded the uh, Bless Every House app, which is really cool if you haven't tried it out. And, um, and for me, we've lived where we live for about four years. So I don't know everybody around me and we live in the country. So we're a little more spread out. It's not a subdivision or anything like that. So, um, anyway, so I was thinking about it and I don't know, all the way right home, had lunch. And then, um, my wife makes salsa. So I grabbed a jar of salsa and I'm like, I'm going to go next door to see Richard. And he lives to the North of me and, uh, hadn't probably talked to him for over a year. And so, um, drove up there, was kind of okay, and he wasn't home. So, got back in the car, and I'm like, well, I'm already out. I'll drive. The neighbor to the south of me, his name's Terry. So, I went over there, and he was there, and ended up, was there over an hour and a half, and talked, and I was able to help him do some work uh, that he was doing, and uh, it was just, I probably got way more out of it than he did, and... Uh, so that night, that's what we talked, and I was like, you know, my prayer is that I don't just let it stop there, that I go in, especially to the other houses that I don't know them at all, and, and be able to, to do what God's asking. Mm-hmm. I loved how you were telling me, you don't want this just to be one and done, yeah, that you wanted to do that again, and and uh, you even tried to go back to Richard, right, this week? You tried? Well, I tried to go back yesterday, and uh, he wasn't home again. And I looked over there this morning on the way to church, and his car was gone. So at 82 years old, I think he's busier than I am. But. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Well, I just, I just appreciate Luke sharing that because, you know, in the Bless Every Home app, what's great about that is it, you know, it helps you just know your neighbor's names and who's around you and... and uh, and then I just loved how Luke, you just went, you know, Richard wasn't home, but you just went, you're just obedient. You went, you entered into the harvest field just so you could build relationships and help love people and pray for them and care for them. And, and I just wanted him to share that story today so we could just celebrate, you know, in moments like this, we can just celebrate the, the privileges that God gives us just to enter into the harvest field like Luke did. And can we just celebrate that now? Just thank God for that. Thank you, Luke, for sharing. Grateful for it. Appreciate that. So we will enter. And that's really the heart. It's what we want to do. And, and today I want to get to this next field. The second field is, is we will share the gospel. We will enter. We will share the gospel. Gospel just means good news. We, we'll share good news with people. And uh, to do this, I'd like for us to stand right now. We're going to read from Mark chapter 4. So for the standing of God's word, let's, let's look up to God. We've looked back. Let's look up to what God says and allow him to speak to us. 
And it's going to be on the screen, but if you want to use your Bible or device, you can do that. But we're going to read from Mark 4, 3 through 9. Jesus is doing the talking here. And Jesus says this. He says, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Lord, we pray right now that you would let us hear. Jesus, let us hear what you have to say to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And as we reflect on Mark chapter 4, I... For our purposes today, I, I don't want to focus our attention on, on the soils. We could. I mean, Jesus talked to us about how the seed represents the Word of God and the different kinds of soils. He goes on to explain this, and we're not reading it today, but, but how each soil represents the condition of the human heart. And some hearts are hard, like the path, and some are receptive, but then the worries and concerns of life choke them out. and All the different soils are explored. Ultimately, what Jesus teaches us there is that for people's salvation, it depends on them receiving the Word of God, obeying the Word of God, persevering in the Word of God, and not allowing the worries and concerns of life and persecutions to to take them away from the Lord. And so this is Jesus' teaching on this. But I don't really want to focus on people's hearts or the condition of the soil. Instead, I I want us to focus on the sower sowing seed. The point being that In order for there to be a harvest, a sower must sow. A sower's got to sow the word of God. It's got to sow the seed of God. The gospel has to be sown. We've got to generously be scattering seed. This sower sowed indiscriminately. He was throwing that seed everywhere. Why? Because we don't always know the condition of the soil, the condition of people's hearts. We don't know what that looks like. In fact, in the first century, oftentimes they would scatter the seed on the field. Then they would till it up. And in the tilling process, might be like, ooh, that's shallow, rocky ground. Or, oh, that's some rocks on that ground. And they might notice those different things. (coughs) They would also notice as they scattered the seed that some fell on the path beside the field. But they sowed generously because they wanted to make sure every bit of good soil was covered. And so they would sow the seed. And it's so important because the sower would sow the seed and then just trust God with the rest. Trust God to make it grow. It reminds me of what I've been experiencing at my own house recently. In case you haven't noticed, you know, we've been in a drought. We've been in a drought. And this summer was horrible. And uh, I don't have irrigation. And I did not bother to water my yard. I never put a sprinkler out or anything. And my yard was just destroyed. It just looked horrible. It was bad. My neighbor Jimmy told me one day he was renting a cedar, seed slicer to put seed down in his yard to overseed. And and he was letting me know I could use if I wanted to. I'm like, I would love to use that thing. Got some seed uh, on on a Tuesday afternoon, left work early. It was about 2 o'clock. So I could do it before he had to return it. He was sitting in his driveway, brought it over. Got on this slice. It's the kind you ride behind, and you know it was awesome. So I had a lot of fun sowing seed, slicing seed into the yard. Did that. The yard's just so dry, 
and put that seed down. And then I began to put the sprinklers everywhere and start watering, start watering this yard, which God does a way better job than I could possibly do. But I've just been trying to keep it somewhat wet and damp, just try to keep it watered. And like a week and a half, two weeks went by like nothing. You know, you just, man, I hope, hope it's in there. Hope it's in the ground. Something happens. And, and so it was like a Wednesday night late. I got home and I was checking a sprinkler and I was looking, especially in this one area, I had to grind out a stump and put a bunch of topsoil there and threw some seed down. And, and I, that's where I was expecting to see it in that fresh black dirt and just nothing. It's just like, oh. you know, I probably did something wrong, you know. But anyway, the next morning, I come out Thursday morning to adjust that sprinkler again and I look. And there, there, and there in that black dirt was little tiny green, not less than a quarter of an inch, little grass sticking up out of it. It was like, behold, behold the fruit of our labor. There's grass. And I don't know when it happened. I don't even know how it happened. I just know it's happening, that there was nothing. And now there's something. And I was just so happy, so celebrating, still waiting for it in the rest of the yard. But anyway, it's there. And I'm so excited. Now, that's exactly what Jesus says in Mark 4. He goes on to say this in verses 26 to 29. Mark's the only gospel writer to record these words, by the way. Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, all by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. God is responsible. God is responsible for the mysterious growth of the seed. We cultivate, God germinates. We sow, God grows. He does the work and he does it. The seed grows perpetually night and day, sometimes imperceptibly culminating in this productive harvest that Jesus would go on to describe when good soils involved produces 30, 60, 100 times. 30, 60, 100 times. It multiplies, which is what God wants to see happen with his word, with the gospel, that it would multiply. And so often we're just unfortunately content with such lesser results. I mean, if our church doubled or tripled, we'd be like, whoa, we tripled. We tripled in attendance. And we'd be thrilled about that. We might have been getting some list, like the fastest growing churches of America. And we'd be like, yeah, that's rocking. That's us. But Jesus isn't using numbers like double, triple. He's using numbers like 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. When sowers sow seed generously and liberally, then the results are amazing. And that's how Jesus wants us to share the gospel liberally, indiscriminately with everyone who would hear, everyone who would listen. And, and, and this gospel, what is the gospel? Gospel means good news, the good news. And anytime you hear gospel, anytime you hear good news, the first name and word that comes to your mind is Jesus. It, it's good news about Jesus. Like in Acts 13, we won't read it, but it's the references here. Acts 13, 32 to 39, Paul says the good news is that God fulfilled his promises to us in the person of Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh. He comes to earth. He's the Messiah. And he did that. And he was raised from the dead after he died on the cross to give us forgiveness of our sins, that it was proclaimed to everyone who believes, Paul says. He says, justification, that's yours. That was not obtainable through the law. This is through Jesus. This is the good news. 
It's through Jesus. And, or you can go to a, a text like Acts chapter 2, and you can hear there where Peter in his first sermon is telling the good news to the first Christians, and he's telling them about Jesus, who was the Lord God. He's Messiah, and he was crucified on the cross, and he was raised from the dead, and he, his, he did not allow to, he was not, he did not see decay. He's alive again. He's in heaven. That's the good news. And that this is, for every one of you who would respond to him. He can bring you new life. If you're not talking about Jesus, then you're not sharing the gospel. All throughout the book of Acts, the gospel was always talking about Jesus. The early church would proclaim one thing. That was Jesus and the gospel. Like in this text, in Acts 5, 42, that says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The gospel was always about Jesus and what Jesus did. Paul says in Romans 10, verses 13 through 15, that people can't be saved unless they know who to believe in. And they won't know who to believe in unless someone proclaims to them, tells them, and is willing to be sent to them and go to them and share with them. It's why the text says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who go. How beautiful are the feet of those who go. God wants more feet on the ground going to those places and sharing good news with them. How can they be saved if we don't go and we don't share with them? And the problem is not, the problem is not that there's not people to go to. The problem is people are not going and sharing. And maybe there's some reasons for that. Maybe you didn't know Jesus wanted you to do that. Maybe you thought, I'm supposed to invite them here, and then it's like the preacher's job to do that or something. Maybe that's how you grew up. Maybe that's what was modeled for you. But Jesus says there's a worker shortage. There's a worker shortage. That's why in Matthew 9, Jesus tells us, pray, ask God that he would send workers into the harvest field. Pray for that. There's a worker shortage. We've got to pray that God would send workers, people like you and people like me, into the harvest field. That's what our church is praying for right now. We're praying for you, and we're praying that you would go, and we're praying that you would share, and God would give opportunities for you to share the good news. The harvest is ready for us. People desperately want it. It's ready for us. The workers are few. So pray, ask, hear the Lord of the harvest calling you. And and maybe you just didn't know that he's calling you, or maybe you just don't know what to say or what to do. Maybe you're like uh, the guy I was talking to here just a couple weeks ago. He's like, man, I I knew how to invite people to church. I did that all the time. I did not know how to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus. He didn't feel equipped to do it. He didn't feel like he knew how to do it. And so one of the things we want to do today since that may not just be his feeling, maybe that's your feeling, is I want to just walk you through a very simple, reproducible way to share the gospel, a way to turn an everyday conversation into a gospel conversation. And I want to do this by just sharing with you a tool. It's called the three circles. And it was something that was introduced to us that I'm going to share more about here in a little bit. We just adapted it a little bit to make it, you know, just fit our style or whatever, just how we communicate. But we took this tool. It's simple, memorable. It's reproducible. I believe when I do it for you here right now, which I want you just to look at the screen, don't take notes on it. That'll mess it up. Don't do that. Just listen. Just watch. I'm going to draw on here, and then you're going to look up there because then you won't be able to read it anyway. And so I'm going to draw on right here. And you'll look up there and just kind of watch this. And it's just a simple tool about how to share the gospel story with someone. And, and so I just want to 
share this with you. So my screen is going to come up there on your screen so you can see this. And it's just something that we call the three circles. And whenever you're sharing it, so make sure I can make a mark. Whenever you're sharing it, um, you might just start something like this and just say, whenever you look at our world, whenever you look at other people, whenever you look at yourself, you see two conflicting realities that are just hitting you at once. On the one hand, we see beauty. But on the other hand, we see brokenness. We see beauty because when God created the world, he so loved the world, he created a perfect paradise where we could enjoy him forever. It was his perfect design for us. And we still see that beauty in our world today. You still do. You see it in the laugh of a baby. You see it in a sunrise and a sunset. You see it when someone gives an expression of love. You see it in art and architecture and music and and food or drink. You see beauty all around you. We do. We, We see it. But the problem came when those very first humans decided to go their own way. And when they went their own way, they chose what the Bible would say to sin against God. They ran away from his perfect design. And in so doing, they ran into brokenness. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We've all done this. We've run into brokenness and we are broken people. And you see brokenness in our world when you see disease and death and destruction and decay. And you see brokenness in people whenever you see shame and regret, feelings of emptiness and loneliness, unfulfillment, and nobody wants to be broken. And so they try to get out of it every way they can. They try to come out of their brokenness. And as they try to continue to get out of their brokenness, they're still going away from God. They'll, they'll choose things like relationship after relationship after relationship to get out of the brokenness. For other people, they're going to try to do it through success, academic success, financial success, Athletic success, business success. They just want to win at something to get out of their brokenness for other people. They try to get out of their brokenness through distraction or by numbing the brokenness. And they may do that through entertainment or pleasure or alcohol or drugs. It's just to get out of their brokenness. And the problem is the harder they try, the more and more they try to get out of their brokenness, the more and more they seek after these things like a giant bungee cord. It just snaps them back into their brokenness and they feel just as guilty as they did before. It doesn't work. The good news, the gospel is that God has made a way out of our brokenness in the person of Jesus. Jesus, God, put on flesh and he came down to earth and lived a perfect, sinless life. And he died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, to be the substitute, the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And then he rose from the grave to new life and he ascended into heaven. He was God's solution to our brokenness. And if we want to experience that new life that Jesus gives, we have to respond to him. 
We have to come out of our brokenness to respond to Jesus. And the Bible in Acts chapter 2 tells us how we do that, how we submit to him, how we come to him. And in Acts chapter 2, the very first people who heard the good news, the gospel story to do this, they were told to believe, believe that Jesus, first of all, is Lord. He is the Lord. He is King He wears the crown because he is king, Lord. He's master over our lives. And we must believe that he is God. He is Lord of our lives. We must believe he is the Messiah that came down to earth and he died on this cross and he raised to new life. And it says that we must repent. We must turn from our sin and turn to Jesus. Instead of continuing to pursue our brokenness, we now come back to God. We now come to God we come to Jesus. It's a changing of the mind and behavior. We, we turn away from sin and we turn to Jesus. And it says that we should be baptized into Christ because Peter says it's for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That when you believe, repent, or baptize, like think of the waves of the water of baptism as making Jesus the Lord, the King of your life. If you do this, you will experience new life. In other words, you're not coming to him as a sinner that's broken, but someone who's experienced new life. You are made, the Bible says, into a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You're reconciled to God and with other people because God is now restoring you back to his perfect design out of his love for you. He's making you into this beautiful, perfect design that God wanted so that then you can go again into the brokenness. You get to go, but this time not as a sinner running away from God, but as an ambassador that's going into the brokenness to help other people who are still broken find Jesus and know his truth so that they can believe, they can repent, they can be baptized, so they can be made into a new creation, so they can be restored to God's perfect design for their life. That's what God did for me when I was broken. And that's what God wants to do for you. So as you look at this, where are you right now? Where are you in this story? Where do you want to be? And if this isn't your story, are you ready to believe, repent, and be baptized? What's keeping you from doing it? Now, this is a simple picture. It's a simple tool just to share the good news with someone else of the gospel. And we want to make sure that we're praying before we share this kind of a story with someone else, asking God to just let the seeds that are planted grow and as he cultivates the work. I've got several next steps I'd like to give you today in light of this. In fact, if you want to pull out in the seat pocket in front of you, a yellow card. It looks like this. Pull that yellow card out. There's one for every single one of you in the room. And and this being our last service in here, if you want to take more than one, you can. There's even more in our next steps room out here in the lobby. But um, this has the picture that I just drew for you. 
of the three circles on one side, and it's a way for you to think through and maybe practice this. I believe a lot of you, if you were just to get a blank piece of paper, could do it. On the back side of this yellow card is something that we call the Live Work Playlist. Live Work Playlist, where it just, it's a place for you to list the names of people you know. These are people that are in relational proximity with you, people that they live with you or they work with you or play with you and you spend time with them occasionally. These are people in your sphere of influence that need a relationship with Jesus, just need to know about the good news of Jesus. These are just people you love and care about that you could just write down so that you can intentionally start praying for them. Start praying for them right now. And just praying that God would produce good soil so they too could hear the good news about Jesus, what he came to do. And so this is just a simple tool. I know we have a couple of young people in the room with us today, but I know in our student ministry, Kevin, as he takes our youth through this, he gave him a card last week and it was the live school playlist. Okay. A lot of them aren't working quite yet. So live school playlist, but it's the same kind of thing We're we're praying the same thing Jesus prayed in John 17, 20, where he said, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So we want you just to start praying for this and, and practicing this. And this is the second thing I want to mention to you today is um, we're going to give you an opportunity to practice the three circles today. We're going to give you a chance to do that. In fact, uh, I'm going to ask that Brian King and Charlie Spencer come up here. These guys are going to be training us today beginning at 2.30 p.m. right up here in M1 in our mezzanine room. And you are all invited to come. I'm going to let Brian talk about that in a minute and Charlie to tell you something. But Brian... Uh, here is with Cedar Ridge Christian Church. Brian and Josh Howard from India Christian Mission have been in a cohort with myself, with Corey Scott, and with John Presco. And Brian's just been leading us about every other week we've been on Zoom together and just had an incredible growing time together. It's been so powerful. Brian's going to introduce me to the three circles and things like this. And uh, it's been so good for us. And so we just wanted Brian to come and, and help train and equip you today. And then Charlie is with him as well. I got met Charlie a couple of weeks ago. We were together just talking about this training today. Got to meet Charlie and just hear some of his story. In fact, I'll just probably let you tell why you're here and that story uh, really quick. But I just want them to have a chance just to tell you about the training today. And Brian's just going to pray over us with what God's doing. So appreciate you being here. You bet. It is an honor to be here. Honor to get to know Wayne, reconnect with Corey and John um, from uh, Oklahoma and then our Ozark days. And really just to hear the heartbeat of Northside here. And really what we're talking about is what uh, we heard today, this message today. And really the example that you heard from Luke of a guy who said, I'm going to get out of my, my, uh, my couch, get off my couch. I'm going to drive down the road and I'm going to connect with other people. And what would happen if all of us did that? What would happen if the whole church did that? We need a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of training. I'm going to let Charlie tell you how that affected his life, and then we're going to pray together. Yeah, I was a lot like Luke. And uh, about six years ago, some folks came to my church in Cedar Ridge, Broken Arrow, and kind of did what we're going to do this afternoon. Turned me and my wife's world upside down. My background's construction, hers is nursing. And we spent the last four and a half years in South Asia and Lebanon doing this here, there. And now we're back with a heart to continue doing what we were doing there, here. 
And again, that's why my family, uh, that's, that's what we're back in the States for. And that's why I'm here today is hopefully you guys have time this afternoon to come spend, you know, an hour or two or three with us and unpacking some of this stuff and just getting some practice, uh, just praying for lostness and, and learning how to share the gospel and have spiritual conversations. That's right. Even you can just come just for a, just for a little bit. We'd love for you to come and hang out with us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Northside. Thank you for the body of believers that you've gathered here and for the legacy of this church. Just hearing some stories in the lobby, Lord, about how this church has impacted people, just people who've invited, people who've invested in others and how you brought people um, to come to know our, our Jesus through that, Lord. We're grateful for that. Father, we want to pray for a multiplication of that, Lord, that we would all be involved in what you're doing in the world, Father. And it doesn't matter where we find ourselves, doesn't matter what our background is, that you you call all of us, Lord, to be engaged in that. So I pray your sweet blessing, Lord, on this congregation. I pray your sweet blessing on our time this afternoon. We love you. It's the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Praise God for that. Let's thank Brian and Charlie for being here today. And- and uh, brought a couple friends with them. You'll get to know a little bit later as well. But just grateful for this. And uh, let's stand to our feet, church. This is the time when we put feet, feet to going, feet to doing. And maybe today you're here and maybe you're sensing as you even think about those circles. Man, I am, I am broken and far from God. I need a relationship with Jesus. And I would love to talk with you more about that. There may be someone sitting next to you that could do the same thing, but I would love to. And I'd love to just talk with you, pray with you about those next steps for you. And I'm right out here. I'm going to be going out to Decision Point out these doors. I'd love to talk, pray with you right there if you want to come. But church, this is really a message about us going. It's, it's us going. Looking forward to seeing you this afternoon as we talk more about this. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, Jesus, fill us, move us. Send us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together. Thanks for joining us this morning, Northside. Before you go, make sure you check in and let us know you were here. Text the word CHECK to 417-233-1200. If you want to respond to today's service, you can do that online through Decision Point. If you want to know more about baptism or becoming a member, you can request more info at northsidechristianchurch.net slash decision. This is also the place to find out about our life groups, find out what sort of service opportunities there are, or if you just need to get in touch with a minister. And if you're online, you probably use social media too. Make sure you're following along with Northside on our Facebook page, Instagram account, YouTube channel, or Twitter. We are glad that you chose to join us this morning. As we head out for the week, let's make sure we take the love of God with us. Take good care of each other, Northside.